pluck it out. I remember one time leading a retreat and the following Wednesday we had like a gathering, a prayer meeting. And one of the young men from the retreat shared how he went home and he realized that a lot of the music that he listened to was not really positive, was not really leading him to God. And so he went through and literally got rid of almost all of his music. And he said he felt like this, this big negative voice was gone. Because he had acted so strongly against something that was affecting his happiness. And he believed he acted strongly because he felt his happiness was worth it. Jesus uses the strongest of words today about sin. He's teaching us how to feel and how to act against sin. I mean, he's saying, if your hand causes you to sin, you know, cut it off. If, it, if your foot, cut it off. If it's your eye, pluck it out. And it's like, ah, it's, it's serious. And I, maybe I don't need to say this, but a qualifier here, this is, uh, he doesn't really mean do that. It's kind of like when mom says, if you touch another cookie, I'm going to cut your hand off. Uh, that's, that's what we call hyperbole. Um, so, but Jesus is, is speaking in a serious way because it's serious. If you think about it, what's the most serious thing? What's the greatest evil in the world? Some people would say suffering. And there's really bad suffering. But is suffering really the greatest evil? I mean, if I, if I wait 12 hours and skip a meal, like I'm going to suffer a little bit. But is it really the greatest evil? Some people would say, well, death, you know, to, to die would be the greatest wrong, the greatest harm. But the problem with that is every one of us is going to die. So every one of us is going to experience that. And, and that's actually what needs to happen to get us to heaven. So, so there's actually something good and merciful about that. that that's, that's how we go to that eternal peace that God holds for us. But that's not the greatest evil. The greatest evil would actually be to go to our death, but to be turned away from God in sin. Because God, in his mercy, gives us exactly what we want. So if, if you want to be with God forever in heaven, God says, great, come. But if we say, God, I, I don't want anything to do with you, and I want to go this direction, God says, you get what you want. Isn't that interesting to think about it that way? That God, he gives us what we want. But if I know that, if I know that God loves me, and I know that I'm going to die, like if I, if, I knew, if I knew that I was going to die tomorrow, that I would, live to, I would make today the best day of my life. Well, why don't we live every day like that? Because <laughs> I, I, one, day, one day will be my last day, and I want to be turned to him rather than turned away. And so sin is me clinging to a lesser good rather than God. It's, it's clinging to a created thing rather than opening myself up to the creator. 
And so God made us for a greater good, a greater happiness. And, and so what's my invitation is to join him in the battle he fights, fights against sin. That, that Jesus takes sin very seriously because sin is the one thing that can separate him from his beloved, which is us. Does that make sense? So sin keeps the beloved away. And so Jesus comes and does something very serious, acts very strongly against sin for our sake, for our good. Because someone's like, well, Jesus, isn't Jesus like very kind and compassionate? He's all patient. He's all those things. He's all loving towards all people. But towards sin, he's very serious. And he invites us to join with him in being serious about those things that can steal our happiness. I have two buddies that have taken the pledge. You guys ever heard of the pledge? You know what that is? So it's kind of an Irish thing. It's a good Irish thing. Uh, but so in 1898, there were these four women and they were struggling with alcohol. And so with their Jesuit priest, they came to the church and they took the pledge. And what they did was they said, we, alcohol has caused problems in our lives. And so we are going to promise before God with his grace and help to no more, to drink no more, no more alcohol. And we're going to entrust ourselves to the sacred heart of Jesus, to, to plunge ourselves into his heart of love. And so there's different ways. Some people take the pledge, like I'm not going to drink till I'm 21 or people who are over 21 that to say like, so my two buddies, one of them is a recovering alcoholic. And, uh, the other one, I, I think he repents of his earlier sins of alcohol, but I think he's actually just in solidarity uh, with people who struggle with alcohol. So we'll go out and Father Mac kind of likes a margarita occasionally. And so, but he, he'll just sit there and he's like, I'll just have water. I'm like, I'm so sorry. He's like, there's nothing to be sorry about. Like, I'm enjoying being here with you and I'm not gonna let this thing cut into the happiness of my life. It, it, why am I gonna give it that power? Like, you're, I don't need you. And so, so what's he doing? It's, it's saying no to a harm and saying yes to a good, which is a little bit like the fundamental moral law. This is kind of a trivia question for you. That the fundamental moral law is to do good and avoid evil. To, to seek God and to turn away from anything that would harm my relationship with God. And so normally, Father Matt, that, that's me. So normally I would, I like to focus on what strengthens this relationship. But today Jesus is talking about, there's, there's another way also to kind of block and knock this off so that there's less harm that comes to us. So I want to focus a little bit on this side of things today. And so what does that, what does that look like? Well, it takes awareness of what's pulling me down, of, of what's distracting me from being the person I want to be. So um, here's a little silly example, but um, for being a priest on TikTok, uh, I do not have TikTok on my phone because I found 
that I remember when I first got it, like the first day, I was like, this is the most addictive app I've ever had in my life. And so I made a, I made a, I said to myself, all right, here's the time. I'm just going to sit down and whatever, like, I'm imagining this amount of time. And I, I found that very quickly I went way over it. And so I said, I am too weak to have this app. I'm like, I am a grown man, but I am too weak to have this app on my phone. And so I've actually now deleted it five times, you know? Um, and now it's, it's, it's not on my phone because I recognize I don't want to be caught up in a world of fantasy when God gave me a life to live. And so how do I want to live my life? And so I, I noticed in my life, like, there are certain people when I was younger, like, you notice there's certain people that you swear more around? Or there's certain people that I was like, I, it's not that they're bad, it's just me around them goes bad. Does that make sense? God only makes good people, but when I'm around certain people, it can kind of bring out the worst of me. The problem's not the people. The problem's me, that I'm so weak. So, um, so it's about knowing ourselves and having the humility to bring it to God and to talk about it. I, I think a common area is, is relationships. That when we, if we set a boundary and then we find that we're we're too, like, I, I can't stick to it. We find ourselves going over the boundary, and it's like, oh, I, I think we have to pay attention to this because love, it is not charity or love to send our girlfriend to the confession line. And if I myself am having to go to the confession line because of my dating relationship, then I need to actually step back and pray for greater courage to be able to do what I want to do. That the problem's not her, the problem is my own weakness. But if I'm not careful, what good is it for the two of us to hold hands skipping to eternal separation from God? That's just not romantic. And so if I know that God wants my happiness and he's willing to fight hard and he's inviting me to join him to say that, that nothing, that, that neither life nor death nor principalities nor powers can separate us from the love of God except my own choices if I don't let the Lord into it. And so that's our invitation today is to, is to, is to open up, to turn to the Lord and say, Lord, I know you're fighting for my happiness. Give me the awareness and the courage to join you in that fight. To see that the one thing that could separate me eternally from you is, is sin. And sometimes, what I'm not saying here, sometimes we're really good at beating ourselves up. He doesn't beat us up. He says, I love you. It's okay. You want to talk about it? And so, and then we have his heart of love, but a, when we face sin, uh, we're strong. There's, if you want to learn more about this, there's something called the discernment of spirits that St. Ignatius of Loyola talks about. He says it like this, that let's say you have a woman who's married, but then there's this other guy who's like making moves, that, that as soon as she calls it out, 
hey, I don't know if you know, but this guy's like DMing me or something. You know, like she calls it. He doesn't talk about that back in the 15th century. But anyways, so, but if you, if you call it out and bring it to light, the evil one runs away. When you call, when you bring things to light and say, God, what do you think about this? The evil one runs away. Um, it's also, St. Ignatius talks about how the evil one is also, you could say, like a, a bratty child. And if you have a bratty child, and they, like, I want a cookie, and if you say, no, I want a cookie, it's like, you ask again, you're going to time out. Mm. Like, if you stay strong and firm to a bratty child, they fall in line. But if by the third time you're like, all right, fine, just be quiet. Here, have a cookie. The St. Ignatius says that that, that bratty child is going to like get stronger and bolder and just like make our lives a living hell. Do, do you feel the power of this? That if, but if I can stand strong and say, no, no, my happiness is more important than this thing. That this thing is actually undercutting the happiness that God created me for. And so what do I do? I, I take that, I, I acknowledge that sin, that thing, to God. And I allow him to pluck it out of me. And what does he invite me to do but to plunge myself into his infinite heart of mercy. The unquenchable fire of his sacred heart that reminds me that this sin does not define me. But his love and sacrifice shows me what I'm worth. And I want to hear that voice of love and blessing. Because sometimes that voice of sin can be really loud. Especially late at night when no one's around. And I say, I can't believe I did that. Why do I keep falling into this? It's never going to get better. I'm stuck in this place. That's the evil one. What do I need to do? Call it out. Hey, Lord, I'm hearing that voice. It's telling me that I'm not worth anything more than this. What do you think? And the Lord opens his arms and invites us to take refuge in the unquenchable fire of his heart.